Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one bestseller, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of the medical merry-go-round? Are you looking for a potential solution to your health problem? Be sure and listen to our podcast, The Code Breaker. Well, guys, it's finally here, a game that you've been waiting for. You got a perfectly timed bye week for anticipation. How's that? You'll hear from Lane Kiffin here in a little bit and not a fan of the bye week. He just doesn't like it. Uh, but uh, a lot of anticipation. Ole Miss, Alabama, Tuscaloosa, Saturday, 2.30. The stage is set for you except for college game day going to Athens. We'll talk about all that right here on the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. He's Stephen Gagliano. Eventful weekend in college football, of course, but you know we're talking Ole Miss here. and I guess we'll start with this. It's Alabama week now. What do you think? You know, I was surprised to kick off Alabama week. Uh, Brian Haydad from the radio show tweeted out a, a graphic or odds. I, I don't know exactly where they were from, but it said that Ole Miss was a 20-point underdog. Yeah, and I, I don't know where that that's was... from either because uh, all I've seen is less than that. Yeah, and so that has dropped in a lot of places. I tried to get it at 20 and a half, and <laughs> I couldn't. Uh, now it's down to 14 and a half, which that seems more appropriate. Yes. Appropriate, still high. I think that I legitimately going into this week think Ole Miss has a chance to win this game. And if they lose, I don't think it's going to be by, you know, two scores and it's going to be this 14 big 14 covers the spread last year, right? I don't remember the spread from last well, year. What was it, like 62-45? What, what, oh, you've got your saying, computer okay. in front of you. Sorry. 14 covers, if that was the spread last year, almost would have covered, correct? I think so. Sorry, I thought you were saying, <laughs> did that cover the spread for last year? No, no. The going sp- into it. I imagine it was worse. I don't remember, honestly. The final score was, anticipation, 63-48. to 48. So 15. So they would not have covered. But uh, Ole Miss had the wor- the second-worst defense in SEC football history. They also had Elijah Moore, and Kenny Oboa had a big night that night. But still, last year's team, with the second-worst defense in the history of Southeastern Conference football, <laughs> got beat by 15. Right. So I think this team has shown the ability to be marginally better on defense to the point where I would definitely put money on Ole Miss to at least cover this Saturday. At this point, at 14-and-a-half, I would put money on Ole Miss, and I do give them a legitimate chance to win. Are they going to? I'm not saying that. But they will be in this football game, and I think that this has the chance to be a really competitive down-to-the-wire game. I, I am starting to question myself because I feel the same, and a lot of people feel the same, and I'm starting to wonder, okay, (laughs) are we wrong? Uh, What a huge day it is for specifically Matt Corral. And, you know, there are going to be some people, if Ole Miss loses, now if Ole Miss gives up 65 points and 800 yards and gets blown out, then yeah, that's a conversation about whether or not Ole Miss was as real as we thought. But let's pretend it's a close game and they lose. Um I mean, I'll come back here on Monday and talk about how you know, everything's perfectly, honestly, ahead of schedule. If Ole Miss goes to Tuscaloosa this week, I know fans don't want to hear this, and play well and compete and lose, they're still ahead of schedule. Way ahead of schedule. They'll be hosting Arkansas, ranked somewhere in the top 20, will Ole Miss be, with a chance to go, uh, what, 4-1 and one, and ranked somewhere in the teens 
five games into year two under Kiffin, you are way ahead of schedule. So this game, like the the W or the L outcome in this game, I think means nothing if the L is a good-looking L. I, you know, fan, some fans don't like that. Most people, I think, have that perspective. If they go to Tuscaloosa and play well, and Crowell looks good, and the defense is better, and they just lose to the best team in America, it's good. Everything you want is still in front of you. The Sugar Bowl is still in play. Hell, I think the Arkansas game in two weeks goes to the Sugar Bowl. Whoever wins that game. A&M's a fraud, and I think Alabama and Georgia will both make the college football playoff. Yeah, with I think they're going to get there. If Ole Miss loses... Alabama and Georgia are going to get to the SEC championship undefeated, and they will both make the playoff. Right, and with Clemson losing this past weekend, Oklahoma showing the fact Oklahoma that they're— a fraud. Yeah, they're completely vulnerable. I think this is the SEC's not best chance. They've had two teams in before, but this is a huge chance for the SEC to end up with two teams in the playoff this year. Yeah. For once again, and which will once again show the Pac-12 and the Big 12 and the Big 10 all these other conferences that are aligning to try to stop playoff expansion. When the SEC has two teams in at the end of this year, they're going to look pretty stupid (laughs) again. Uh, Be on the lookout for BYU, by the way. They could be the fly in the playoff ointment for sure. Uh, They have three Power 5 wins already, and you've got their schedule, or you can have their schedule in front of you. If I remember correctly from looking at it, they'll be a favorite in every game for the rest of the year. Let's see. Yeah, they'll be favored against yeah Utah State, Boise yep. State. Yep. Baylor. Tough game, but yes. Baylor, that could be Ooh, a really that's good game. a big game. October 16th, BYU-Baylor. Uh, Washington State, Virginia, Idaho State, Georgia Southern, and USC. Tough games in there. Mm-hmm. Like, like, they certainly could lose. But they could also win all of them. Yeah. And are you really keeping a BYU team that beat, what, what would that be, six Power 5 teams? Including what will be a ranked Baylor, you keeping them out of the playoff? Ah, that's I don't see tough. How you can't, and that there would be your argument against being an independent too, with all of this conference le- realignment stuff going on. Keeping, well, they're joining the Big Twelve, so right? Are they? Oh yeah. Okay. They're Did you miss of, that? Yeah, they're one of the teams. That's they're one in of the four. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're in. So been they're, a lot they're going on. In they're this. a soon to be Big Twelve team. Okay. Uh, whenever that actually goes down, but point being. I will classify this game on Saturday for Ole Miss as a relative free shot. Now, again, if they get smoked, we have to have a different conversation. If they're not competitive, if Corral throws six interceptions, then we have a different conversation. Pretending that does not happen, it's a free shot. I would be floored if that happened. If they go to Tuscaloosa this Saturday and look like they don't belong at all, especially considering... And you set the stage as for what the team was, especially defensively last season. Compared to that game, if they show up on Saturday and look just dreadful and like they don't belong, I would be really stunned. This is a huge game for Matt Corral specifically. Um, Last year, for as good as he was, the cloud hanging over his head was the Arkansas and LSU game. So he didn't get the credit that he deserved for the season that he had nationally. Well, now that's over. Everybody's paying attention to Matt Corral. He's the Heisman favorite, depending on what book you look at. I have seen people that cover the draft specifically say, um, you're an idiot if you think that Spencer Rattler is as good as Matt Corral. Uh, I, I forget 
I think it was Daniel Jeremiah. I don't want to attribute a quote to somebody that didn't say it, but one of the better draft guys out there. Uh, none of them work for ESPN, by the way. In case you're looking for real draft analysis, don't go to ESPN.com. Um, but they said that Rattler can't hold Matt Crowell's jockstrap. I mean, that, that's that was the quote that they said. And based on <laughs> that's the, not paraphrasing. That's what they said. Yeah, the, oh, wow. that's. And based on what I've seen from Spencer Rattler, I've watched a lot of Oklahoma this year. Oddly enough, that's uh, true. So everybody now is paying attention to Matt Corral. And, of course, Lane Kiffin returning to Tuscaloosa to play Nick Saban is a storyline. The country's going to be watching this game. It'll be huge. First time he's played in front of a real crowd in two years. His last real crowd was in Starkville for the Egg Bowl, and he was splitting reps with Plumlee because Matt Luke didn't know what he was doing. (laughs) Uh, This is a huge game for him, and it doesn't have to be perfect. What he can't do is take unnecessary risks and turn the football over too much. We'll see how he can handle a road environment, how he'll handle a really good football team. And if it's not going perfectly, how he handles that. I'll use Jameis Winston as an example. Week one against the Packers, Jameis looked phenomenal, comfortable, distributed the football well, threw five touchdowns, didn't make a mistake throw all game. Not one. Because his defense was playing well, everything was clicking. Week later in Carolina, not great protection. Everybody was hurt. I mean, that, that was a brutal game for the Saints, injury and COVID-wise and all mm-hmm. that. Um, but he got out of his good habits. He went back to old Jameis. He was getting pressured you too much. You don't want that. You don't want that. And he threw two pathetic interceptions. And then this week, what happened? He was protected again. He was comfortable, didn't make any mistakes. Outside of the one throw that was a mistake that Sean yeah. Payton chewed him out for. That <laughs> As, as he's running off the that. field after throwing a touchdown pass, his coach is like, what the hell were you doing? <laughs> uh, but that's what I'm most curious to see is if there's an early mistake or some early adversity. Let's pretend Ole Miss goes down like Florida did. 21-3, to Florida was down. They came back and should have won the game. Right. How will Matt I- Corral respond? Will he continue to play within himself like he's done the first three weeks or will old habits come out? If they see some adversity and he doesn't do that, he's he's a top five pick in the draft. Like that's how huge of a moment this is for him. I think at this point he's got to be a first round pick. Knock on wood, barring injury. Knock on wood. I think I think he's proven it by now that he will be. He's too talented not to be. I think so. And the way that Florida managed to get themselves back in that game, I think a big factor in that was it being in the swamp. I think that did help, yeah. That game, you know, in Tuscaloosa, Florida down 21 to 3. I don't think that they have the ability to get back in that game. And I'm not a big Emory Jones believer, but I did I was impressed by the way he was able to get them back. Matt Corral, you is, know how he did it too. He by, ran. Right. Ran the football. And Matt Corral has that ability, maybe not as well as Emory Jones, but Corral's arm obviously is much more of a threat. And Ole Miss's backs alongside their quarterback, much better than that of Emory Jones's at Florida. Yep. So I don't think you can go down 21-3 to in Tuscaloosa, but if they do f- manage to fall behind early, you know, like you said, he can't start to try to get it all back in one play. That's where you run into problems. Yeah, and uh, Kiffin said today, a little gamesmanship, I think, uh, about how he expects Alabama to drop eight into coverage. That's how Arkansas confused Corral last year. Um, Man, 
the we spend so much time talking about quarterbacks always because it's the most important position on the field. My God, this uh, all the conversation today in Saints land is about Jameis. Their defense is top 10 in the NFL in basically every category. They got healthy, and Mac Jones threw three interceptions, and they couldn't move the football. I mean, it was a stellar defensive performance, but what's everybody talking about? The quarterback. So always. that's always the thing. But like the way Kiffin describes Corral and the way he talks about him, like today in the press conference, kid's in here at 5.30 in the morning. He beats everybody here. He is the emotional And that's rock not lip and, service when no. he says it. There's a, there's a lot of... That with quarterbacks is always the first guy in, last guy out. He's a leader, whatever. I don't think Lane Kiffin says that if it's not true. He doesn't praise players unless it's real, I've noticed. Because he never praises players. <laughs> he doesn't do it. Like, he never does it. I've, I mean, but I, I feel like he is in a mental state, at least this is how it feels, that even if, let's pretend he throws an interception on the opening possession of the game, I don't think that's going to spiral the way we saw it happen twice last year. I really don't. It feels like the way he talks and the way his coaches and teammates talk about him, it doesn't feel like that's going to be the case. Even if Alabama's giving you this this drop eight, like how people are stopping Mississippi State and doing a very good job of it, uh, even though it'll be spun today. Anyway, uh, I feel like he's got the mindset now that will not take risks in that kind of a coverage. He doesn't seem as, I guess, hot-headed almost. Yeah, the way, a good that way to put he it. did in the past. And I think last year during those games, there was still a certain part of him, and, I, you know, it has to think this, you know, the guy that I was battling with and splitting time with, he's still on the roster. I can't, you know, I can't stop. I'm going to mm-hmm. keep forcing. I'm going to do what I can to win. I think he's much calmer this season because he knows that Kiffin has his back, the rest of the team has his back, and that he's the guy. Yeah, and I imagine, too, I mean, people, myself included, keep harping on those two games last year. It's got to be tough mentally for a quarterback when you make a mistake early in the game to think that my defense is going to give up a touchdown every possession. Yep, that's a big part, too, that he doesn't. You think doesn't have to worry about this year. Yeah, you. He should at least be more comfortable with the fact that you know I can throw this ball away if nobody's there. You know, I, I can dump it off, and if we don't get a first down, fine, we punt it away. And at least I don't expect to get scored on in the next possession. That that probably contributed to a lot of the mistakes a year ago. When you go to Fayetteville and you turn the football over early, you're like, well, shit, we're going to give up touchdown here, so I can't do that again. I've got to get us back, and it just kind of spirals into pressure. You would hope that that's not the case again this year. The biggest key for the game, I mean, aside from the obvious, can they stop Alabama literally at all? um, You mentioned Florida coming back on Alabama. Florida was more physical. Florida's offensive line was more physical than Alabama's front seven. Florida was able to come back into that game because they ran the football and did it well, uh, very well. And Alabama was almost gassed. And Ole Miss doesn't run the same style of offense as Florida does. It's different. But if Ole Miss's offensive line can be physical and they can run the football successfully and stay on schedule and then start doing tempo, I don't know, man. I mean, maybe it was just a one-off. Maybe it was hot in the swamp that day. But I saw an Alabama team in a game, this shocks me, that was tired in the fourth quarter. Well, and if that's That their the- opponent was in better shape, they were more physical in the fourth quarter, and it was not Alabama. 
So the front five for Ole Miss, that's the thing. It's those mm-hmm. guys. Can they be physical enough so you can run the football and stay on schedule? Because we have a one-game sample size that says Alabama can be out physical and you can wear them down because Florida did it. Well, and, and when you look at the Ole Miss backfield, that's where you know that depth could be a real strength for Ole Miss. If you run Ely and, uh, and Parrish all throughout the game, you get late into the fourth quarter and hand the ball to Snoop Connor and let him the run closer. over some people. Yeah, just like you saw in the Louisville game. I Obviously, Alabama's a better defense than Louisville, but still, the, the mindset is the same. You bring in a running back that's as talented as, you know, really most other SEC backs and that would start a lot of other places in Snoop Connor with fresh legs late in a football game, he can close it out for you. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I I am so intrigued by this football game. I, I'm excited about it, although uh, I probably won't be able to see the end. A very good friend of mine, huge Ole Miss fan, biggest Ole Miss fan I know, is getting married, uh, and the wedding is filled with Ole Miss fans. Luckily, she's not walking down the aisle until about, I, I think it's 6, 6 or 6.30. Hmm. But... How far is it from like where you're at? It's like in Raymond or something, like 40 okay. minutes away or so. But but I'm I'm in it, so I will be out there early. at the venue right. early. So we'll be able to watch most of the game. Uh, anyway, I am so excited about this football game. You're just hoping not for overtime. Right. If overtime comes or, into play, that could run into when she's walking down the aisle. You know, or if Ole Miss has a three touchdown lead, you know we can get him happily married and then celebrate at the reception in the post game. I don't know, but uh, that's going to be hilarious. I know I'm going to be looking out into the crowd while a a pastor is <laughs> delivering a beautiful sermon and you're going to see people with their heads down fist pumping or whatever the hell in the crowd. But I, I'm genuinely, truly excited about this game. We're going to learn so much about Ole Miss and how ready they are, I still have questions about it, specifically the defensive line, the 3-2-6. Uh, you know, are they going to be able to slow Alabama's running game down when you've, you know, they're going to walk safeties up and stuff, but can you run your 3-2-6 that has been really working for you against Alabama? There's so many questions about Matt Corral and Lane Kiffin and the offensive line. And just so much <laughs> that's going to get answered. And like you said at the very beginning, I'm killing myself because it's Alabama and it's Nick Saban, and why would you ever question them? But I think this is a a real opportunity, a seemingly vulnerable Alabama team that can lose this game. Will they? I think they can. I really think, just like you, I think Ole Miss really has a chance to win this game. And two years ago, 14 games ago, I would have laughed at you. If you would have told me Ole Miss is going to go to Tuscaloosa in year two under Kiffin and compete and have a chance to win, I would have told you no chance in hell I would be feeling the way I feel about this team in this game right now. Zero percent chance. The last time they went to Tuscaloosa was, what, Plumlee's first start. Yeah, and he played well. Yeah, he played well. To his credit. They were still running that kind of pop gun offense of, you know, just run Plumlee as much as you can, make very safe throws, and you thought, all right, that's going to be the state of Ole Miss football for a while. Yeah. Two and, years and, later, they come back with a legitimate chance to win. And a moral victory. They got beat by, what, 32 that day? Something I can pull up the Something exact like score that. for you. And I remember. Yeah, 59-31. I rem- so 
27. And Ole Miss scored with like a few seconds left. With, uh, Grant Tisdale. Grant in the Tisdale game. threw a beautiful pass at the end of that game. I, I remember the reaction that we got from listeners on the radio show. People were happy. They're like, wow, yeah, you know, I think this is going to work. <laughs> and seriously. I mean, it, then and versus now. People said now. the same thing after the LSU game also, and it didn't. No. No, I, I remember that. I remember getting an email from a particular uh, Ole Miss.edu address uh, about my negativity after that game. Really? Yeah. I don't, th- I don't know for sure. I don't think they currently work there now, but I got one. Uh, they were disappointed in my statements after the game because we should all be pulling the rope in the same direction. Or It was bizarre. <laughs> Who's we? Uh, I, I guess the, the I guess I am also it. employed by the University of Mississippi. Outlet. Congratulations! Uh, I know I appreciate that, but yeah, that, I don't think he's there anymore. Hmm. I have not seen or, or anything, but yeah, uh, that was what it used to be. Now it's total fan buy-in. We're going to go to Tuscaloosa and win. What a difference! <laughs> what, what a difference! And you mentioned just kind of the excitement level, just. I, that you can feel it. You know, you can feel it all around the Ole Miss fan base and around the program. I'm looking back through now their schedule, and this is maybe something that I can try to – it's not a quantifiable thing, so it's hard to, to say I'll do research on it, but the most anticipated Ole Miss football game in a very long time. Obviously, there was – Since when? That's a good question. Since yeah. when? Most anticipated. Because people were excited, obviously, for the Florida game last year, and there was a lot of buildup yeah. from COVID and is this season going to happen? But from a f- – Not purely, like this. No. From a purely X's and O's standpoint, Ole Miss a chance in a big game, and then obviously the storylines around it to kind of supplement that. It's been a very long time. And I, again, it's I'm It's got to be the 2016 to, season. Yep. Got to be. I mean, maybe, maybe Alabama 2016, although they had already lost and blown a lead to Florida State. Uh, maybe that Florida State game after the Sugar Bowl win. Yeah. But, and maybe even though that Alabama game, because, you know, you blow the lead to Florida State, but most people at the time still thought this is a great team that has a chance to, to do great things. Didn't they season. beat Georgia before that game badly, too? Do you have that? After the It was Alabama after game. the Alabama game. God, they beat the shit out of Georgia yeah, that 45, day. 45 It wasn't even that close, no. either. My gosh. That was, to Hugh Freeze's credit, that was a very pissed-off Hugh Freeze because he knew his team should have beaten both Florida State and Alabama. And, God, he took it out <laughs> on Georgia that day. Oh, man. I mean, they were ready, and they played so well, and then it fell off a cliff after that. But what they were ready. What a weird season that was. And imagine if you win both of those games, the Florida State and Alabama games, somehow. I mean, they were yeah. up by—it was 24-3 to in that Alabama game. Again, after losing to Florida State. But that team— you really felt that they were a good football team. They, you know, they beat the brakes off of Georgia. Then they, you know, they beat Memphis, whatever. Lose to Arkansas, LSU, and Auburn all in a row, and then the season's over. The walls were closing in. Yeah, o- outside of football, the walls w- were were closing in, yep. and that's uh, that's what happened there. But yeah, I'm gonna put that on Twitter. Most anticipated Ole Miss game since dot 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 question mark. I th- yeah, I think you'll get a lot of great responses to that, and, and we can look at them on, on Wednesday maybe and, and go back through it because, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, I'm going to do that because I'm really curious to see what you guys think. Uh, speaking of anticipation, I know some people uh, were looking forward to the prospect of having college game day at an Ole Miss game. Uh, that did not happen. They're sending them to Georgia, Arkansas, which, you know, 
I know college game day isn't what it used to be. Honestly, I think Reese Davis is fine, but Chris Fowler, for, something about Chris Fowler's voice makes things feel bigger than they may be. And, and I love Lee Corso, and, and I will fight you to the death if you slander that wonderful man. Um, I know he's not the same, but I have started every Saturday of the life that I can remember, at least, with Lee Corso yeah, in the his fall. His presence just makes it feel like game day. He makes me happy. I, I don't know. And so I, I watch game day every Saturday still. And it's still a few million people. They'll they'll get between two and three million people every show. So it's still a lot, uh, more than most games that right. get played. Uh, so it's still a big deal. Not in, the game's not in Oxford, obviously. It's much different when it's on your campus. But still, I, I think that game day being at your game legitimizes your program. You can use it somewhat, kinda in recruiting. But it still hey, would have been. They're cool. still playing Katy Perry there from 2014. Yeah. So they will use it. I remember we talked about the game day experience at Georgia Tech last week based on the the schedule release. Uh, my parents have season tickets to Georgia Tech. We go all the time. Oh, nice. We used to go all the time when I lived there. They still go in their like program that they hand out at every single game. It still has college game day at Georgia Tech, and that was before the Notre Dame game when I was like 12 or something. <laughs> so, you know, you can use that kind of thing for as long as they'll let you. Yeah. It I watch it. I know my friends watch it. It still would have been a three-hour billboard talking about your team. You know, the Ole Miss helmet would have been front and center for a few million people. They would have talked about Lane Kiffin and all that. They're still going to do that. Um, I think part of the reason why, because I got asked from a friend earlier, why didn't they go to Tuscaloosa? I think they're everybody is sick of Alabama, truthfully. I think that has more to do with that selection than anything else because the more interesting game is Ole Miss Alabama. 100%. More storylines are Ole Miss Alabama. Better quarterback play, <laughs> Ole Miss Alabama. Heisman contenders, all that stuff. But there is this fatigue. The people in Tuscaloosa don't give a crap about game day. It's just, I understand why they made that choice. They screwed themselves with the scheduling, though, because they have game day, and then the game that game day's at starts right after. Yep. And that ruins kind of the the outside atmosphere. The, the area around game day gets ruined because of that kickoff time. The people that are there have tickets to the game. They want to, you know, see Get the game. And well, yeah, when they're doing the pick segment at the end. They'll do that in the stadium. Yeah. Most likely. That's yep. how they've done it in the past, which that's not near as fun. But uh, that's kind of why that's happening. Apparently, uh, Kirk and Chris Fowler, I think, are doing that game. So instead of an uh, evening game, I think they're doing that one. Oh, so they won't even really be able to be there for the end of the show. They'll have to leave. And Kirk go will have to, to leave the... early. If I, I could be wrong. I think that's what's going on. I think I could again. I'm, I might be. But either way, I was disappointed to see game day not go there. I still think it matters somewhat. You know, it's not a huge deal, especially if it's on the road. But still, it's a three-hour billboard featuring your program, even if it's on the road. And I was disappointed that it didn't happen. It's the much better storyline game, though. To me. Well, and if you want to get crazy with it, we, we can. If somehow, I of all the outcomes for this weekend, this is not high on that list. But if Arkansas beats Georgia and Ole Miss beats Alabama, then game day would have to be there the next week. Shit. The, oh, the only I mean, other really ranked, highly ranked game is Penn State-Iowa, but they've already been to an Iowa game also. So I think you would have to pick Ole Miss Arkansas if again if Ole Miss beats Alabama and Arkansas beats Georgia you'd have two top 10 teams you might even then. get it if well, if one wins yeah 
Seriously. And then the game, uh, the time schedule came out next week. Ole Miss will either be at 11, which just mm. uh, <laughs> for the Arkansas game, or 2.30. And the other option is Auburn. No, wait. Yeah, Auburn and Georgia. Right. And the Deep South's oldest rivalry. Obviously, you're rooting for Ole Miss to win. If Ole Miss wins, I don't think it matters. But if they happen to lose the game as two touchdown underdogs and Arkansas loses to Georgia, you can still get 2.30 if Auburn looks like crap in Baton Rouge on Saturday night. Because even coming off of losses, Ole Miss-Arkansas, both ranked in the top 20-ish after if they lose those games, to me, and maybe, you know, Deep South's oldest rivalry just takes precedent, is more interesting than a two-loss garbage Auburn team they playing should Georgia. have lost to Georgia State. They should be a three-loss Auburn team at that point. So root for the Tigers on Saturday night for a couple of reasons. Yeah. You you want Ed to stay the coach there. I keep telling people that. I, <laughs> or, people, yeah, you had to specify which Tigers there. Yeah. <laughs> I was confused for a second. I, I keep people, oh, I love LSU losing. They're going to fire Ed. You don't want them to fire Ed. I'm telling <laughs> you, you don't want them to fire Ed because they will upgrade at head coach. <laughs> that is a bad LSU team. And you want that bad LSU team to win like eight games because firing him is really hard. I don't know. That's if, just me. If Billy Napier ends up at LSU in, in this scenario that we've talked about before, how about Jeff Lebby then going to Louisiana? Ooh. I think that that would be a very natural replacement for him. Yeah, and get him some experience and see if he so if he can run a program yeah. well. Yeah, that'd but again, be... another reason for Ole Miss fans: you don't want Ed Orgeron yeah. to be fired. <laughs> you want to keep your offensive coordinator as long as you can. Yeah, I have a feeling Jeff's gone either way because somebody at the Power Five or the Group of Five level, if they're smart. We'll offer him a job. Anyway, we'll discuss that later. Ole Miss, Alabama. We'll save Kiffin's audio for Wednesday, actually, because we've uh, done a pretty lengthy one here. I like uh, it. Which is it's great. Alabama so, week. It's Alabama week, so we'll talk more in depth about this game. By the way, if you were looking for some help from Southern Miss, you didn't get it. Zero help. Zero help. From the opening kickoff, you got zero help. Zero help at all. I wonder if Will Hall thinks he's a fraud after that game. <laughs> That was ugly. Yeah, not I, good. I turned so. it on just, again, you know, not that I'm unfamiliar with Alabama, but just to watch, you know, them in action again and all that leading into Alabama week. And watching, I got nothing out of it because it no. looked like they were playing against a high school team, honestly. Pretty much. So uh, don't forget, by the way, the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. ABSMS.com is the website. If you're looking for office technology solutions, that's the place to do it. Uh, copies and printers, mail machines, all the way down to cloud storage and data security, voice over IP phones, that kind of stuff. If you tell them we sent you, they'll give you a complimentary office technology assessment. ABSMS.com is the website. And LBs just across from Kroger and University Avenue right there in Oxford. The weather this week is going to be beautiful. And take advantage. Get behind the grill and get that started at LB's. Again, just across from Kroger on University Avenue there in Oxford. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already, and we'll talk to you again on Wednesday. It's Bama Week. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.